Hey guys, welcome back to Whitetail Wisdom. And today we're going to talk about probably the most important aspect of being successful in the whitetail woods, and that's going to be scent control. Um, today I want to spend a little bit of time talking about um, one of the most important factors when it comes to whitetails. And, you know, how do we control, you know, our, our scent when we're out there? Because we know that's the, the main thing that's going to alert um, a whitetail to our presence. And, you know, let's not pretend there's any foolproof right way, right, to mask your scent when it comes to whitetail deer. You know, I've got a saying, it says, you know, the only thing that a whitetail can't smell is nothing. And that's how well whitetail deer can smell. You know, humans have about 5 million scent receptors in their nose. Dogs have about 220 million. But get this, a white-tailed deer has upwards of 300 million scent receptors. And they, they rival that of a bloodhound. I mean, they smell that good. So, again, there's not going to be any foolproof way of totally getting rid of your scent all the time. But we absolutely can knock it down and we can be smart with how we, we play the wind, how we treat our clothing and our skin and all those things. So we're going to talk about that. Um, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, you know, in the industry out there. And I want to kind of dispel a little bit of it so you can really understand what's happening um, with the products you might buy or put on your clothing or on your skin or whatever. See, a, a, a white-tailed deer can, can sort out six different smells at the same time, making it like in my opinion, um, you know, the cover scents you buy over the counter ineffective. So I want you to think about something for a second. I want you to think about uh, maybe you go to grandma's house or something on, on Thanksgiving day and you walk in the front door and you can smell, you know, all the food and everything that's been cooking all day, but you're not really specifically smelling one food in particular unless you get your nose right down to it because it's all kind of blending together. So we walk in and we go, man, this room smells amazing. But if a white-tailed deer could talk and they walked into that room, they wouldn't just say, this smells amazing. They could say, I smell ham, I smell turkey, I smell green bean casserole, I smell you know, your, your grandmother's you know, famous recipe rolls. They can smell everything individually. And I see so many hunters putting everything on from like doe urine on their boot soles or raccoon urine, fox skunk, maybe even mud, you know, to mask their boot smell. But the truth is that even if you covered your soul with mud, you're still leaving a much larger and heavier put footprint in the soft forest floor than any of the other animals, unless maybe you're in an area that has bears. But again, you know, a bear leaves a very, very specific um, odor. I see guys standing in wood smoke, uh, covering, them, covering themselves with like pine sap. And if you want to smell like, you know, a burning wood pile or a pine tree, you know, you've succeeded if that's what you do. But just remember the Thanksgiving meal analogy that I gave you. They smell the wood smoke. They smell the pine sap. And they also smell your specific respiring skin cell odor. As your skin cells die every single month, they let off this uh, specific bacterial odor, which is different than any other smell that lives in the forest. You know, if you were to take your arm up to the window right now, I'm sitting in the back of my house as I'm recording this, and the sun's coming in, and if I take my, my, my forearm and I take my fingernails and I scratch back and forth on it and hold my arm up, it looks like a little snowstorm. That's because I have dead and dying skin cells that have a specific odor that are coming off when I do that. And that's what the white-tailed deer are really alerted to the most. And we've put all kinds of scents in scrapes before and different things, but nothing alerts a white-tail like human body odor. So then what do you do? 
you know, you've got to decrease the amount of dying skin cells that are causing such a strong um, body odor. And you have to find ways um, to, how do I say this? You've got to be careful you're not walking on top of your deer trails. You have to find ways to get to where you're wanting to go without leaving your footprint or any skin cells that might come off as you're walking. So that, that means you're going to have to do probably some additional pruning of the trails um, that you're walking instead of frequently using the deer trails. Because once that deer knows you're walking around in his territory, you know, he might leave for 48 hours. Um, you know, but if you're in his bedroom enough, you know, always going in, checking your game cameras, all kinds of different things, he might just go ahead and move his bedding area to an, an entirely different place. So entrance and exit to your setup location is going to be key to not being seen and not being heard and not being smelled. So which we know is the whole key um, to success in the whitetail woods. Uh, you really have to pay attention to where the deer are spending their, their time pre-dawn, um, where the bedding areas are, the feeding areas, travel corridors, all that stuff. And then you need a plan of how you're going to get in and out of there using the wind in your favor. And also, you know, line of sight. Dried up creek beds are, are great ways to be able to go in and out as long as you don't have a lot of rocks that are making a lot of noise. Um, being able to use ridges, but be careful not to be skylined. Um, using heavy cover like cornfields. Um, maybe really thick fall foliage sometimes or just a few of those things. But never approach your stand across an open field early in the morning hours because that's where they've been feeding and bedding at night. And I see so many guys do this. And I know it's the path of least resistance for you to go across the field, but it's a surefire way of bumping those deer and ruining your morning hunt. And it's better to take an extra five or ten minutes to get to your stand than getting there faster, only not to see any deer. Which is why you spent all this time in the first place preparing, you know, all spring, summer, and getting ready for the season to start. So let's talk about a couple things. How about... um. Let's talk about your stand placement. So make a note. You already know this, but we're going to say it anyhow because I see guys do it all the time. Never hunt a bad wind. Because once you get busted in that stand, they know where it came from. They can pinpoint it. They can smell that well. Remember, thermals are going to be going up in the morning, so you're less likely to get busted on the stand in the first few hours of daylight. You know, the other thing is unless your camel that you've got is UV hot. That's a different subject. We'll talk about that at another time. But you just want to make sure um, that where your stand is going to be, that your scent isn't going to... Like, I don't put a stand in the bottom of a ravine in the morning because my scent is going up and it could follow that um, hillside up um, as the sun is, is warming things up and my thermals are going up. But, um, you know, even if my stand isn't high enough as long as I'm in the right location... Um, I've just got to be really, really careful. You know, the higher stand is typically better, but in the morning you can get away with a lot more with a lower stand, again, because of the thermals going up. So your thermals start to shift and start pushing downward towards the evening. So you have to really be conscious of what's happening with that. You don't want your scent going down to a trail, you know, that's going to be somewhere below you on the hillside. Um, many of you remember Charlie Alzheimer passed away a few years ago. He was a good friend of mine. And he once told me that a white-tailed buck can smell a doe in heat, you know, in estrus, up to about 400 paces. That's like four football fields. You can't beat a nose like that. So you really do have to do your best to decrease your scent. So what do you do? Well, here's what science says, not what, you know, 
um, a, a TV ad or, or a magazine ad would say that's trying to sell you something. Here's what science says. First of all, you got to wash your clothes in a wash that has no fragrances because we know those are going to carry odor. Um, you know, what I use to wash my, my camo in is a product called Sport Wash. Um, many of you have been using that. It doesn't add any UV dyes or brighteners. It's an antimicrobial, will kill all the bacteria, get rid of all the, the, the dead or dying skin cell uh, smell that you've got. It'll also actually rinse out everything in that fabric. So it's pretty amazing stuff. Um, it's absolutely the best stuff I've ever used. There's lots of stuff out there. If you've got something you like, you know, you go ahead and use that. But I love this too because it is um, powerful. It gets stuff like blast or, or grass and blood, you know, out of your camo, which if you've had a successful hunt, you know you're going to have, you know, blood and grass and mud in your camo from bringing the thing out. Uh, second thing you really have to be careful of, of is you have to take a shower um, with a product that has an antimicrobial that's going to help you destroy, destroy your skin odor. Um, man, I, when I even see guys like at hunting camp, and there'll be like some guy's got his camper there, and he left a, a bar of Irish Spring, you know, up on the counter. Oh, but I'm not using it. Well, guess what? That water, as it's hitting it, is running down across your feet and splashing up. And you might not smell that smell clear down by your feet, but the deer for sure is going to do that. But before you ever um, wash yourself with, with a good antimicrobial soap, you really need to get something like a... Uh, Oh, women use these things. What are they called? Um, look like the, the glove Michael Jackson used to wear. And it's it's a, it's a oh, what is that called? I'm trying to think of the name of it. Exfoliation glove. And it's, it's abrasive, almost like a 220 grade sandpaper. And you need to scrub, you know, all your, your skin with that because it's getting those dead and dying skin cells off your body and they're going down the drain in the shower. See, that's where the bulk of your odor is coming from. So you want to make sure also that your towel has been washed in a scent-free soap as well. Um, don't dry, dry that towel with any, you know, scented dryer sheets. And immediately after drying off, the first thing I do is I spray my skin with something called Zero Odor, same company made by Atsco. But why do I like this product? Again, it's all science-based. Um, it's because it's an oxidizer. And if you can remember what science class taught us is that an oxidizer turns your skin cells into salt. And salt has no aroma. Once, once it's dried, it absolutely destroys the scent from those respiring um, skin cells. Now, you're never going to get all of your dead and dying skin cells off. It's impossible. But when you can knock your scent down that much, and that white tail does wind you, remember, he's got those 300 million receptors in his nose, and he knows exactly where you are. But if you've scrubbed your skin cells off and treated them and turned them into salt like we just talked about, he doesn't necessarily know you're you're now at at you know 50 yards. Now you're only at 20 yards, but he didn't pick you up like he would have had you not treated that. So there's absolutely a benefit. So instead of it being game over, it's now game on because you can get those animals closer before being detected. Um the other thing I would say, let me see here. Let me kind of take a look here and see what we've got. You're never gonna you're never gonna fool a white tail's nose totally. But the best defense that I've found um, against odor that is 100% safe really is that uh, no odor by Atsco. You can spray it directly on your skin. I even spray it in my mouth. When you think about that, that's where you have a scent bubble. Every time you breathe out is going off into the wind. And I know a lot of guys use like ozone machines to uh, use in their tree or maybe put them, some of those things in their hunting blind. 
but you got to be really careful how much of that you're breathing in because it's not good for you. And the other thing is, you know, like the ozone machines, if you put them, your clothes in a tub and you put those things in there, it'll absolutely kill the smell. But the problem is it'll also kill the elastic, like in your, your camo pants or say your base layer pants. I mean, I have a whole um, bin that I had full of uh, base layer um, the, the, the pants that I had to throw out because it rotted the elastic and they wouldn't stay on my waist. And so let's kind of look at lastly, you need to store your camo in a scent-free container as soon as you take them out of the dryer. And we've probably all seen that meme of the guy in the hospital gown where his IV is still attached. He's running down the street with his cell phone and his son is, is saying to him, dad, mom's about to wash your camo. Been there, done that. You know, again, if your spouse isn't someone that really understands hunting, they're not passionate like you, you know, be, be easy on them because they don't really understand how well a whitetail smells. And if you didn't before today, hopefully now you do. They smell that well. So when you're taking your stuff out of the dryer, make sure there's no candles maybe that's been, been lit around the house. Um, there's no food, you know, being cooked or something simmering. Because as you're taking that out, that fabric is, is absorbing all those smells before you even put it in your tub. I have my tub right by the dryer. The second I take it out, it goes in, the lid goes on, it goes out to my garage where there's no other smells and it stays there until it's time to go. The other thing is don't ruin your hunt by wearing your hunting boots in the truck on the way to the hunt or if you're pumping gas, right? Um, I'd also highly recommend not wearing your outer layer of camo in the truck on the way to the drop-off spot because you've got smells in that truck that, that um, you don't even realize that are there and dead skin cells, not only yours, but someone else's who's ridden with you that are on that seat that you're going to be picking up in your clothing and that's going to go with you to the stand. And that's a recipe uh, for disaster. So use your whitetail wisdom to do your best and not give them anything to smell. We'll see you next time.